You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our AIB Weekly Market Talk. Today is Tuesday the 6th of October. My name is Cormac Canan from AIB Treasury and I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. Oli, we are approaching the end of Brexit trade talks. Is a deal likely? Well, we certainly hope so. There was a lot of spinning, I have to say, last week in terms of progress or lack of progress in the talks. And on the back of that, new slow stirring has been quite volatile within fairly well-defined trading ranges. So somewhere between 90.5p and 92p against the euro, but moving a lot, even on an intraday basis. So that's likely to continue. I mean, we had the phone call the weekend by Ms. van der Leiden, who's the head of the European Commission, and Boris Johnson, a UK Prime Minister, and they agreed to intensify the discussions. But despite all the talks last week, the sticking issues remain around state aid rules, fishing rights, and also agreeing some review mechanism if there's a dispute, such as in regard to state aids. And they haven't overcome those major issues or seems to have made much progress. Now, the mood music is certainly improved. More positive sound is coming out of the meetings last week. And both UK and EU politicians signalling their desire to get a deal done. Both sides really haven't moved, I would say, from first base in terms of those key issues. So the discussions are continuing, which is a good thing. Now, notwithstanding that, Boris Johnson mentioned having a deal in place by the EU summit, which is next week. It's the 15th of October, so it's Thursday week. There's not a chance in hell of that happening. Secondly, the discussions haven't yet moved to what's called the so-called tunnel stage of intensive detailed discussions. And really, for that to happen, you'd have to agree the broad parameters of what a trade deal would look like and then work out the actual nitty-gritty details. So, and I've noticed as well some commentary that the discussions or we may not get a trade deal in October, it may extend into November. So there's still a lot of work to be done here. I think we can expect volatility to remain high in regard to sterling. And politicians, we've seen the rising number of COVID cases the disruption that's causing to economic activity and politicians would want to avoid lumping a no trade deal hard breakers on top of that at the end of the year so i still think we're some way from a deal we probably will get a deal but a deal is by no means a guaranteed outcome so the markets are cautious enough i mean sterling is near sorry the euros remains near six month highs Against sterling, it's up at that sort of 19.5 to 92p range. It was obviously much lower than that earlier on the summer and earlier on the year. So I think what's fair to say is we will see a major move in sterling in the next four to six weeks, one way or the other. If we don't get a trade deal, well, you can expect a fairly sharp fall in sterling. I mean, the euro could rise towards parity. But if we do get a trade deal, well, then sterling will recover the ground that's lost over the last month or two. And we could see the euro falling back to maybe 86, 87p. So we would expect to see a major move in the currency depending on the outcome of the talks. So we just have to wait and see. I think a key thing here is a lot of work remains to be done. It may well be post the EU summit now, the mid-month EU summit, before we see negotiations move if they do to the tunnel phase. And they may extend into early November. So the uncertainty continues. Thanks, Ali. Just moving away from Brexit, during quarter three, we saw a strong economic rebound in the UK, US and Europe. Uh, do you think this recovery will continue into quarter four? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we saw very steep declines in activity and GDP levels in the second quarter. I mean, the UK economy contracted by 20%. It was around 12% for the Eurozone. 
But as economies reopened, there was a strong rebound in economic activity, stretching really from June, June, July and August. And we can see it in terms of improving labour market data, very strong rebound in retail sales across the board. In the UK, in the Eurozone, in the US, retail sales have returned to pre-COVID levels. We can also see that in the Irish data we got last week, Irish retail sales, that's excluding the motor trade, were up by 20% in July and August on the quarter two levels. They were back above pre-COVID levels and they were 6% higher on the levels of a year earlier. Now, the concern that's there, and we got payroll data from the US on Friday, which highlights this. The US lost 22 million jobs during the lockdown period. And we saw a strong rebound in terms of employment from May, June onwards. But that rise in employment began to run out of steam. The payrolls in September was an increase of just around 650,000. And any given month, that would be a big increase. But it's much less than the 1.5 million we saw in August and several millions in earlier months. So the net result of that, and I think it's a good way to bear in mind where economies are at, that there was a strong rebound in quarter three. But if you take the US labour market, the payrolls, payrolls, let's say, shrank by over 22 million during the lockdown. Even with September's figures and the good figures for the, the number of months before that, the US has only got about half those jobs back, 11.4 million. So we've still got another 11 million to go there to see a full recovery in the labour market. And it does highlight that even after a strong quarter three, there's a long road ahead before you reach a full recovery. Now, what we've seen here and elsewhere in September in particular, going back into late August, has been a rising number of new COVID cases, restrictions being reimposed, and that beginning to impact in terms of activity. So the recovery we've seen through the summer has lost a lot of momentum in September. And we can see that in PMI survey data. We can see that in the labour market data. And that is a concern. So we're going into quarter four here and we could see the recovery activity globally stall. So it may be next spring before we see a sustained recovery in activities. And what I mean by that is one that's uninterrupted, that continues on. I mean, there is an expectation that a vaccine would become widely available, certainly by the second half of next year, but we should be on the market the early part of next year. It will take some time to make it widely available. But that really is what's required, I think, at this stage to see a sustained recovery in economic activity. So what we're seeing here is a recovery that's been interrupted by the spike in new cases and by the imposition of restrictions, not just here, but in Europe in particular, in the UK. And that's damping down confidence and obviously impacting those parts of the economy that would rely on discretionary consumer spending, the services side. And what we've seen in the data in particular is as earlier in the year, the hospitality sector, the restaurants, the bars, the hotels, the travel, the transport being most badly impacted. So they were just beginning to recover and has been dealt a double blow here by the re-emergence of the virus and the restrictions that have been imposed. Lovely. Thanks, Ali. Finally, what are the latest trends in the Irish economy ahead of next week's budget? Yeah, as you said, the budget will be next Tuesday, October the 13th. It's as elsewhere, I referenced the pickup in consumer spending here, retail spending here in July and August, very much in line with the, the trends we see in the UK and the US and mainland Europe. But we have Irish PMI data now for September. And as elsewhere, this is survey data on the manufacturing and services sector. And it's showing there was a recovery over the summer months but particularly in the services sector, a renewed contraction activity in September. And March slowed down the pace of recovery manufacturing. All down, really, well, largely down to the pickup of new COVID cases, but also particularly manufacturing respondents referencing 
heightened uncertainty again around Brexit, the risk of you know a hard Brexit at the end of the year that a trade deal won't be done. So for the budget, the government is obviously looking at a very uncertain environment. The budget itself is going to be based on the assumption that there won't be a trade deal and there won't be a vaccine. So that the forecasts are for very, very subdued levels of economic activity. Now, one good note is on Friday evening, we got the what are called the Guns Exchequer returns for the first three quarters of the year to the end of September. And they were much better than expected. Now, certainly, there's been a very sharp rise in the budget deficit in the first nine months of the year. It amounted to $9.5 billion. If you compare that to the same period last year, the budget was largely balanced. There was a very small surplus, about $40 million. So we've gone from a small surplus to a deficit of $9.5 billion. But within that, actually, the expectation was that the budget deficit could be much larger. And the Department of Finance had been warning the budget deficit for the year could be as high as $30 billion. Well, that's not going to materialise. What's happened has been tax receipts have held up much better than expected. And we've had a very deep recession here this year, but tax receipts year to date are down just 3% to the end of September. So given the extent of the recession, that is quite a remarkable performance. Obviously, corporation tax receipts have been strong, but actually income tax receipts have held up much better than expected. And evidence in the more recent data of recovery of what we call spending taxes in the third quarter. So the government has maybe a bit more room for manoeuvre the reason we have such a large budget deficit, it's all down to spending and the government measures put in place to support businesses and support the economy. Government spending was up by 25% in the first nine months of the year. We've obviously increased health spending, increased spending on income supports, social welfare, etc. All the costs associated with COVID has created that very large budget deficit. But at least the tax base has remained largely intact. So there may well be additional support to the economy announced in the budget next week. The public finances are in a better shape than was anticipated four or five months ago. And obviously, with the increase in number of new COVID cases and signs of a recovery of economic activity has lost a lot of momentum, ongoing government supports are required both here and abroad. And central bankers in particular have been saying this. There are strong calls in the US for Congress to get its house in order and bring forward a new fiscal stimulus package because the US economy is slowing. We saw last week the Chancellor of the Exchequer in the UK introduced uh, additional measures to support the economy. We've seen that in Europe as well, and that may well be in store in next week's budget. It is very much trying to shepherd the economy. It looks like we have another difficult three to six months ahead of us. Businesses will need supports, household incomes will need, require support, and we see what the budget will bring uh, in that regard on Tuesday next very interesting, Ollie. Thank you for that. And also thanks to our customers for listening. To stay up to date on financial markets, please press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And for those customers impacted by COVID-19, you can find details of AIB's support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.